kind of going, going on. on. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My goodness. My goodness. Yee. I have to do an acapella mashup on TikTok. Of all Can I tell songs. you how much I loathe that song? Because it came out when I was a sophomore in <laughs> sure. high school. I'm sure that uh, is, a, is a thing. There's no other songs about Stacy. And so the one song I get. <laughs> That's true. Hey, I guess. Stacey, that's your a... mom's going to go on. <laughs> uh-huh. I do like your mom. I love my mom. So... But, uh, Hi, Debbie. I know you're not listening or watching. When you're a sophomore hello. in high school and they're like, hey, your mom. Like, Great. That was like at the height of the your mom jokes. Too. Uh, well, before my daughter brought it back now. So. Uh, anyway, I do love my mom. Hello. <laughs> you do yeah. have it going on. Not in the context that that song is talking about. But... And I don't like your mom in the context that that song is talking about. So right. there you have it. I feel like that song would not be PC today. What is? Can you make well, songs anymore? Can you? I mean, you can't do comedy. No. Paramore. I was big into Paramore in high school. Really? Oh, I was. I was totally punk. Um, Hmm. They stopped doing a song for a long time. And I'm not going to say it because it isn't appropriate. They stopped doing a song for a long time because they received backlash for a word that was in the song that was derogatory toward women. So people said. Now they are going on tour again for the first time in several years. And they have brought back that song and that word. And... And you're confused. I don't know whether to be happy about it because they're just saying like, I don't care if it's not PC because it's still not a great word and it's not a great term. But I also like it's I am confused anyway. At this stage of life, I'm just dealing with the cognitive dissonance of thinking about you listening to inappropriate music. So you think Paramore is inappropriate? I I mean, that word is that song is I think often, but well. I think some of the other punk bands that you were listening to probably yes, were, they probably were, were specifically that. So yeah, probably right. But, anyway, or I should say punk, not really punk. It's nineties punk. punk was well. Know, now there's punk, a pop pop punk. There's a lot of peace. There's a tour going on right now. You're not talking the, about seventies punk, sixties. No. There's a tour you know, going on right now called the When We Were Young tour, and it is literally all the pop punk bands I listened to when I as was old people. They're all old now. Yeah. And they're up there like all American rejects. Somebody posted a video of them and the guy was like geriatric. It's it's strange to think about. A lot of those cats are older than I am. Yeah. Which is Blink one eighty two is going on tour and I looked up their ages. They're all almost sixty. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, I think they're all older than me. And I'm like <laughs> I think I think Green Day is Green Day is ninety five, yeah. I'm not I I never liked Green Day. They always grossed me out. Anyway. That was kind of their goal, I think. Welcome to punk rock talk. I'm I'm getting all this uh you know, 90s rap stuff in my newsfeed. I think because I watched some NBA videos and I think the <laughs> algorithms, yeah. I, I think the algorithms are, are, I mean, some people would say racist. I think they are very biased because if you, you like play, 90s play, NBA, you obviously you, like you Dr. Dre. Rap, you're right. So hey, that rhymed. it's, I'm a rapper. You are a rapper. <laughs> Just call me Snoop. <laughs> and I'm the DJ. So Curtis Barr says UB40 stuff, red, so. red wine for communion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> CB, you would, brother. <laughs> yeah. Curtis, Curtis and I go way back. We're but we're straight eighties, so the nineties. You know, we're we're coming up on that, and uh, we used to do a lot of headbanging together. So, no, but no. but Curtis and I listened to most everything. Curtis was never country, country gospel, or no. anything like that. And and you know, if it was if it was in any way pop or mellow, he was against it. You know, so Sandy Patty was the devil. Sandy Patty was I'm the kidding, devil. Curtis. I know that's Whoa, not entirely true. That's but, a leap. But we, uh, she just, uh, not too long ago, sang the national anthem at the Colts game. Oh, nice. But, you know, she's from there. 
don't so, know if anyone's ever called Sandy Patty the Devil. They probably have. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, yeah, if you're out in the public have. eye, you have you've you've been called a lot of things. Uh, I will say Sandy Patty is one of the most amazing artists that I've ever encountered live. Mm. Uh, when she sings, and she's been doing this for ages, uh, right. from before I really was familiar with her. Um, she would sing Jesus Loves Me in all the genres that shaped her life growing up. Oh, nice. I'm telling you right now, she could do striper covers and make it work. And she just has that kind of talent. Um, I don't know that she could carry off the look. So, uh, you know, that's just a different thing. But she her voice is astonishing. All right. So a little rock Listen, set thrown just, in there. I don't so. know what's going on today. We should talk about the sermon. That was 80s too, wasn't it? Wasn't yes. It? Yeah. 80s and 90s blend together for me. So as I told the youth group kids the other night, every time another hair falls out, another piece of brain falls out with it. So it's... That's graphic. It's getting to be a struggle. That's graphic. How are you? (laughs) Well... There's awkward silence after you talk about your brain falling out. (laughs) Well, on that note, here we are. How do you feel? I feel like (laughs) killing some idols today. That's what I feel like. We're 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 going to slay some idols. So... Yes, yes. Slay the idol. I've got so many, so many band names. Anyway, anyhow. Idol uh, Slayer. Right. Welcome to Something Real, connecting the reality of God to the realities of life, where we are, without question, as you've already observed, the home of professional podcasting. We're slaying idols left and right. Idol Slayer. My nickname in high school. Was it? No. Hmm. I lied. Okay. Sorry. Repent. So... Anyway, you had a lot of nicknames in high school. Yeah. I'm feeling like that wasn't one of them. Hey. So I uh, had a lot of nicknames in high school, and most of them were derogatory. So as we're moving Same. into this, we're, we're kind of taking some time to let the helicopter pause for a moment as we um, hover over different principles and ideas that have come out of um, the story uh, of the, the 12 spies going into Canaan. Uh, coming back, uh, dealing not just with fear, but with cowardice. Uh, and as they are letting their feelings trump their understanding and knowledge of God in the covenant relationship that they have, uh, that they're allowing what they feel to become an idol, which seems particularly timely in our day. Um, not that it's ever not been, but I think we are um, in a place right now where society at large, unfortunately, the church far too often, uh, and, and, you know, even whether we're talking about believers or unbelievers, so many people are just driven by feelings sure. and see that as a good thing. I think we've always had that, but in various places throughout history and specifically in church history, uh, we recognize letting our feelings drive as a bad thing, right? So right. They're, they're, you know, James Dobson famously had his book, Emotions, Can You Trust Them? And, and that whole idea that it's not that emotions are bad, they're just not ultimately trustworthy. They're, right. they're going to be something that can mislead. And as Jeremiah 17, 9 uh, reminds us, the heart is is twisted, it's depraved, it's messed up, uh, it's desperately wicked, who can know it? Uh, so as we are kind of wrestling with our own feelings in, in a time when we, you know, we're seeing people just throw logic out the window. So, you know, we love to say, believe the science when it comes to whatever particular issue we're dealing with a pandemic for a couple of years. And so often we make up the science to fit what we want it to say, which is exactly what we're talking about here. Um, 
but, but then you ignore the science when it comes to other issues. Right. I, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm a woman, even though I'm biologically male, and therefore um, Do you? I should change that. Man, right? I feel I, like I a should, woman. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Curtis is a big fan of Shania. Let's go, girls. So. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Curtis, give us a holler if you love Shania Twain, right? Uh, so anyhow, as we're looking, as we're looking at so many of, of these uh, dynamics that just take clear and obvious knowledge and, and throw it out the window because I feel like something else. This mm. this hyper postmodernism. It, it's we've gone beyond the the, the basic postmodern mentality that's been creeping in for a long time True. to where it's like we're we're sprinting so hard in the opposite direction. We are so antagonistic toward truth and reality uh, that, you know, we're actually having government say, you know, let's promote unreality to the people. We're appointing people to positions whose primary qualification is that they fit a particular identity and not just an identity like, for example, a, a, my Supreme Court uh, pick is going to be a black female, which is is a big enough issue that that's a huge deal and I'm, this is not a political podcast so ride with me for a second but we're at a place now where we're putting people in position because of the unreality of their chosen identity right so we have you know a, a surgeon general who denies the reality of biology right. and, and while i feel like a woman therefore i am a woman so i'm going to do all these things to pretend i'm a woman uh go to great lengths to do this and require you all to consider right. me a woman. And again, this is not, it's not about politics. It's not even about transgenderism no. or LGBTQ stuff. This is about all of us. And that's, that is the, the tail whip. That's what happens when down the road, we find the results of a, of a lifetime or generations even spent, um, chasing after our feelings, Alta, deciding feelings matter. Alta Beauty is coming under fire <clears throat> recently for the same thing. Um, they, they're you know, expensive cosmetics store or whatever. And they started this new marketing campaign with a popular transgender TikToker who is a, a transgender woman. So he's a man, you know, but, and that's not the issue. And now he's upset that's because confusing or the company is getting all. backlash for that. And he's, he's trying to call people out saying it's because he's transgender. It's not that it's that the campaign is like something about embracing girlhood or embracing womanhood. He's been transgender since March and they're using him as the face of embracing yeah. girlhood. That's the issue. It's, it's, it's women should be upset. By this. Right. Just like uh, Caitlyn Jenner winning woman of the year or things like that based on feelings. And I mean, I'm not, again, this isn't a political podcast or a, anything like that, but, yeah. but, I, I don't know, feelings, they warp everything. And then other people get angry and then other people get upset or hurt or offended or whatever. Right. And it's, it when, so when you were talking about this on Sunday, um, <laughs> you kind of, I, I felt focused in a lot on um, things like fear and mm. anxiety and gosh, <laughs> that rings home for me. And I know it does it, for a lot of people. It's the true pandemic. It, right. It, right. Know, Especially over the last two years. I mean, statistically mental health has declined for everyone right it, which clearly according to you know government and media couldn't have anything to do with shutting down churches right. at all but that's 
you know. Anyway, so um, yeah, to try to tie back into to that. Well, uh, as we're looking at, at where we are, again, we, we know the story. The children of Israel have left Egypt. They spent a year receiving the law in the book of Leviticus. God has prepared them for battle and prepared them for coming into the promised land. Uh, and in so doing, he arranged them, uh, not, not just through the census and preparing for battle, but he arranged the camps. He, he had the entire nation uh, encamped around the tabernacle. So the presence of God is the center of everything that they do. And now we get to this place where they're marching and they've forgotten the reality of that. So you have the physical uh, illustration of, of the tabernacle. This is where God uh, manifests himself uh, before his people, where he meets with Moses, where he uh, speaks to them. And so now they begin to move, and we saw in, in chapter 11 uh, at the very beginning that this, this friction of following is easy in camp. Now it gets to be a little bit itchy and scratchy as you're moving along. They begin to grumble, and, and the Lord judges them. Small story, small step. We'll actually talk about this a little bit more next week. Um, then, then they start to complain. They have a craving, a lust of the flesh, if you will. <clears throat> they want this. They want, they want meat. They want flesh. And so they reject the bread of heaven to pursue meat. And God gives it to them. And God gives them what they want, not as a blessing, but as a judgment. And so now this progressive rejection of God has them at the place where they want to just reverse the exodus. They want to undo everything. They're saying we were better off without Moses. Let's get another leader and, and go back. We were better off without God. And, and while they may not be outwardly saying that yet, they're not, not overtly saying it, that is exactly what they're saying. God's taking us this way. We want to go the other way. God's appointed a leader. We want a different leader. God's given us his, his protection, his provision, his presence. We reject all of that. Now we are even rejecting the, the promised land that he's delivering. We've, he's shown us. He's given us the evidence. It's right here. And no, we want to go back. Right. So this is to slavery, right? Because <laughs> our feelings are telling us something else. Right. We see with our eyes and we are rejecting the eyes of faith. And so um, as we look at, at uh, the beginning of chapter 14, um, the, the people are complaining they They want to go back. Um, verse five says, then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly uh, that was gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will swallow them up. Uh, the uh, uh, ESV says they, they will be bread for us, right? This is that th we'll devour them. Um, their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. So what we're seeing is they're all, they're all feeling something, right? They're, the people see, and Joshua and Caleb are there. So they they go with the 12 spies. They're, they're with the other 10. 10 were bad, two were good. So they go in, they, they check it all out. They bring back a report with evidence that this is better than we expected. It's everything God promised and beyond our expectations, but it's too big. We can't do it. Caleb says, wait a minute, hold up, <laughs> hold up, right. wait a minute. Uh, and as, as Caleb is saying this to them, they're like, get him out of here. We are, no, 
get, just, just, just go. Right. Uh, because they're feeling that this is too much. Mm. What they're not doing is listening to what God said. So they might say that they were, and we often do that. We, we say we're praying, we say we're listening, but what we are actually doing is chasing our feelings. We we're right. praying, but we're not really praying with the intent of God's glory and right. for his will to be done. What we're praying is God, I don't feel good. And I want my feelings to be better. Sure. I have this dysphoria, uh, this, this bad feeling. And, and I need to correct that. I need you to correct that. So while God may be using those bad feelings to shape us, to bring us to a place of repentance and faith, we don't go through the process of repentance and faith. Faith is looking past what I feel to, to obey what God says, to trust in his word. And that's our memory verse uh, was from Hebrews 11.1. 1, and uh, I'm going to read it because I had us do it from the, uh, from the ESV. And I, in my mind, it comes out in the NIV or the King James. So uh, ESV, it reads, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So um, Caleb and Joshua chose to see the truth of God's word as more significant than their circumstances or feelings. They saw the giants, same as everybody else. In all likelihood, they probably felt the same fear as everybody else, but they rejected that fear. Doesn't mean they didn't feel it, but they chose not to concern themselves right. with the circumstances of the moment they chose instead to focus on the reality of God. So their concern about the dangers paled in comparison to the reality of God's promise and his presence. I think I mentioned this before. And one of the things that I do for work, I write for a, a counseling company and uh, a lot of it has to do with anxiety and depression and things like that. And one piece of research I read said emotions will always demand to be felt, mm. but it's what you choose to do when you feel those emotions. You can't, 100%. You can't control which which thoughts or emotions are going to come in, but you right. can control what you're going to do about it. And, and that and, reminded me of this. And, you know, I, I alluded to, you know, smashing your thumb with a hammer right. on, on Sunday. But it, it's a you can kind of see how this works, right? We, you know, we always like to pretend when it's convenient for us mm -hmm. that our feelings must be felt. They, we must express that. We have to, if I feel this way, then I have to act on this. Right. If I feel attracted to, you know, whatever it is, you know, so commonly we're talking about same sex attraction, but, but a heterosexual sin is still sin, right? It's the same, right. same dynamic. <clears throat> God says this, I feel the other. So right. I'm going to choose. Like if you're what married I feel. and you're attracted to that person in your office 100%. or whatever, you know, and I can't help it. You know, right. my, it, my, I saw something talking about this, that, you know, really my, my wife deserves to be happy. And I'm, if I'm happy because I'm with this other woman, then this is going to be better for my wife. This is everything. the kind of convoluted, ridiculous, depraved thinking that, that we stoop to because sin makes us stupid. And, and again, looking at the, the transgender thing, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, to be hurtful to anybody who's actually struggling with this. Uh, although it, it's pretty evident that in, in the vast statistical array of things, most people are not. Most people are going through it because this has become a popular thing. We know that there are some who, who wrestle with an identity disorder. They see themselves Gender differently. Uh, and, and they've changed it to now, instead of sexual identity disorder, they've changed it to gender dysphoria. Or, uh, you know, as we're looking at this, again, it's the, we don't want to say disorder. We don't want to say something's broken and needs to be fixed. We want to say dysphoria, kind of the opposite of euphoria, 
instead of good feelings, these are disrupted bad feelings, and we just need to fix the feeling. So how do we fix the feeling? Well, we'll give you surgery so that your physical makeup matches how you when feel. When you're 10 years old. Right. So the, the idea is your feelings rule. Your feelings take over. And so that's why we call this the idolatry of feelings. We, we have feelings. We're all going to have them. We get to choose what we're going to bow down to. to. So uh, I said kind of an offensive thing on Sunday. I, you know, I was hoping that it would, you know, kind of ring a little bit in our ears that fear is universal, but cowardice is sin. Mm. And so, you know, again, you know, I'm always going to go back to, to John Wayne, um, that, which is exactly what we see throughout the scripture, whether, whether Duke knew that or not, it's exactly the reality we see. Courage is not the absence of fear, right? Courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Faith is having all these feelings leading me away from God and choosing to obey God anyway, choosing to desire God more than I desire anything else, which ultimately means I desire God's glory, his presence, his, uh, his will more than I desire my feelings mm -hmm. to be better. So when I have anxiety, I want to feel peace. And that peace, that feeling of peace becomes an idol that keeps me from actually experiencing true peace, where I have a harmony between God and myself. So now the feelings that are dysphoric, that are, that are not good feelings because there's a disruption, a, a sort of a cognitive dissonance, rather than aligning them with truth or aligning my thoughts with truth, which aligns my feelings with reality, instead, I give them their head. You know, it's like taking my hand off the rudder and let the wind just blow the sails. Jesus, so take the wheel. I'm going to go far. I'm going to go fast. Right. But I'm not going to go in the right direction. Right. And so now if I recognize that all of us feel feelings, all of us feel fear, and as you said, that always demands to be felt, I get to choose what I want to do about that, mm -hmm. right? So cowardice is, is not feeling afraid. Cowardice is recognizing, no, it's the opposite of recognizing. <laughs> uh, cowardice is when I allow that fear to dominate me. Right. And I choose to follow that rather than following truth. So when we do this, then, uh, then cowardice makes uh, my fear my idol. It's the choice to let fear be the idol to which I bow. Rather than bowing down to God's word and saying, okay, Lord, you're in charge take the wheel, it, which is actually a theologically profound statement uh, from a from a catchy ditty, right? But um, while the song may Thanks, at Gary times uh, be seen as somewhat trite or cheesy, that's exactly what we're talking about is, right. Lord, I can't do this. I need you to take over. I need you to, to control everything about this. And ultimately, regardless of what I feel, you're God, I'm not, and I'm going to I'm going to defer to your sovereignty. Mm -hmm. And that's faith is saying, okay, God, you're in charge. And I don't feel it. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm scared to death. Uh, I, I have this constant plaguing worry. I can't get rid of it. I, I'm dealing with these uh, confused feelings of identity or attraction or, or whatever else. And just, I don't want to share my faith, right? I mean, it's the same kind of a thing. I, I have these feelings and I'm afraid of sharing my faith, mm -hmm. except for I know that, these people are going to die without it. 
Right. If they if they don't know the gospel, if they don't know Jesus Christ, they're going to die. Not just now, they're going to die for eternity. We get real worried about people getting hit by a bus or getting COVID or whatever else and dying physically. Honestly, not to not to make light of it, yeah. that only really matters in the short term, right? If I'm going to hell, that matters forever, right? So if I die physically, that's why you know I might have fears. You know, anybody who knows me knows I still. Uh, deal with the fear of heights. You know, man, I was watching a uh, TikTok video that came on after something that you sent me. And it was a cat up on a you know yeah, tree a million that's, miles that's up, no cutting the top off. And I'm watching it and I'm getting vertigo watching this thing, <laughs> right? But I'm not ultimately afraid to die. I don't want to. I'm not itching to, to go yet. Um, although I, I am torn, just like Paul said, man, it, it's going to be better. This is gain for me. But if I'm here, now I can live for Christ. He's the purpose of living. Right. So is it hard? Yeah, it's hard. We have midterm elections coming up and people are stressing over it. You know, you know I just heard yesterday, I don't know if it's true, but I just heard yesterday that uh, dentistry has the highest suicide rate. Of I've any written articles about that. Yeah. That's insane to me. Yeah. The but, mental health of dentists is but, horrible. But, I mean, <laughs> think about this. It doesn't sound like, it doesn't seem like something right. that would be a horribly stressful thing. And yet you have the highest, you have a higher suicide rate than tra ER air traffic doctors, controllers yeah. or, or ER doctors. Astonishing to me. Um, interestingly, linguists in the Air Force have the, highest, have the second highest suicide rate behind air traffic controllers. But <clears throat> That's your trivia for today. Yeah. Use it. As a former Air Force linguist. Uh, but I'm still <laughs> here. Uh, anyway, so we get to choose. And any feelings, whether we're talking about fear or whatever else, any feelings that we trust more than God's word are idols. Mm -hmm. So whatever I think, if I'm, you know, if I'm dealing with um, my feelings of, you know, racism, I feel like, you know, I, I'm, I've been put upon because I'm a black man in an inherently racist country. These feelings become idols mm -hmm. when they trump God's word. If I feel like I'm so, I just heard somebody say, I'm so sick of wokeism. I'm so sick of people being woke. I get it. 100% get it. Because it, a lot of these confusing things. But if that becomes more important than God's word, if my position politically, socially, culturally, yeah, if any of those things are more through. important than the kindness, it, not niceness, those are different things. It's not not a bad thing to be nice. However, it can be counterproductive sometimes. Right. Kindness, love speaks truth, even when you don't want truth. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to follow God's word, then I can't get caught up in the identity that the world has given me or that my feelings give me. That's something I have to put to death. Right. You were saying something I cut you off. No, you're right. I mean, it's, I, I don't want to make light of how, <laughs> it's going to sound contrary to what we've been talking about. I want to make light of feelings. Because it's it's not just as easy necessarily as, you know, snapping your fingers or saying a prayer and no. then everything's great. I mean, I struggle. I think that's one of the lies we have to deal right. with. Right. And I think, I mean, I struggled with this personally a lot of several years ago when I was going through an ugly divorce and custody issues and whatever. I was scared constantly. I was so Side afraid. note, if you don't have an ugly divorce, I just wonder why you're getting divorced. Right. But, that, that, <laughs> but I was scared constantly. I'm not divorced, and, so I don't know. And we talked a lot and, and you know during that time. And I was, I was scared and it was all I thought about. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was all I thought about. And I've, I mean, since then, I, I don't want to say that I had to go through that to grow, but I probably did. Sure. Um, 
But we don't grow without pain and adversity. But I think I you, you saw on Sunday a moment where I still have fear hmm. um, about things like that. And I, I, it's a constant growth and a constant process. And you have to actively be like, okay, hmm. I need to just cool it because I know who's in control here. Right. But it's, 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 it's not just a but one-time thing. But saying it and doing exactly. it are not the same exactly. thing. And, and that's why, you know, understanding feelings is, is a pretty huge deal. Right. And feelings are real. And right. that you really feel what you feel, but they're not reflective of reality, mm -hmm. objectively. They are subjective. And people talk about my truth and all that kind of stuff. There is truth. There is falsehood, right? That, that this is how it works. There is an external reality. And then there's the perception right. of reality, that internal, I really do feel this, right? right? And I can feel if you've no ever... taken that, denying that. If, no. if you've ever had the exceeding pain that that causes you to really wonder if you're going to die. Mm. You really feel that. Right. And I can really feel like I'm going to die. I remember, you know, even when I was in like first grade with my first real asthma attack where I had to go to the hospital, I was absolutely convinced I'm going to die because it felt like someone was stabbing me in the chest. No one was stabbing me in the chest. Right. I didn't die. So here I am. Now, could I have died? Sure. But I didn't. And therefore, it did not reflect external reality. Right. The same thing is true as we're dealing with our feelings. We have to recognize that it it's true that we feel this. That doesn't mean that what I feel reflects the external reality that actually is. And I get to choose if I'm going to follow God. Okay, we will stop there because we only have 30 seconds left. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. As always, you can contact us on Facebook or YouTube or wherever else we are. Uh, send us an email or you can leave us a voicemail on the Anchor app or uh, by calling the church at 269-756-RLCC. And since we do have a few seconds left here as we're doing it, as you're contacting us, I just want to let you know, if, if you are struggling with any of these things, we'd be happy to talk to you. I mean, mm -hmm. you can contact me. You can, in all the ways that Stacy just said, I would be happy to, to pray with you, to walk through these things with you because we don't want to leave anybody hanging. Right. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next time.